Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You have found me in my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John, and today is Thursday, the 6th of May. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the headlines, and there really are some pretty big headlines, and also about two ways that we can live our life. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys have joined me as this podcast is airing. I am headed to Mobile, Alabama. My sister Haley is joining me on this trip. I hope you guys will come out. We are going to be at Teach Them Diligently in Mobile. And I'm telling you what, you guys, these are events that will really change your life. And so I hope that you'll come out. I'm going to be speaking for the Florida Parent Educators Association also coming up near the end of May. You guys can find out more about where I will be by heading on over to HeidiStJohn.com com forward slash events. I appreciate you guys continuing to write in and telling me how you're getting off the bench. Tina from Wisconsin wrote in and said, oh my sweet Heidi, thank you. A couple of us mamas here in Wisconsin have been engaged heavily in our local fight. We have been targeting a specific committee we had no idea existed in our county called, quote, the Diversity Affairs Committee. We are currently doing a good job at blocking horrible resolution named after Community for All. It will eliminate our First Amendment. Along with this committee and our mayor, they have been pushing a convoluted white privilege narrative. Our county also has a group pushing for gender dysphoria and affirmation in this. God has been gracious to our little group, and our three have grown to almost 100. We use an app called Slack to provide quick updates and daily action items for each other. Another amazing feat is that we've had Kevin McGarry coming in from everyblm.com to, quote, educate our community. P.S. Did you have him on yet? He rocks. No, I have not had him on yet, but you know what, Tina? I'm going to try it. I love to hear how you guys are getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. This is what it's going to take. These little, these decisions that we make every day to say, you know what, we are going to engage in what is happening in the culture. We're not going to run from it anymore. We're going to engage. These, these issues that we're fighting for and fighting against in the culture right now are are started by parents and activists, really. They're just ordinary people. I don't know if you guys read the news headlines in The Federalist the other day, but I'll try to link back to it. The headline reads, Parents Vote to Stop Critical Race Insanity in Texas's Top School District. You guys, that's parents. Did you hear that? It's parents who voted to stop it. Parents in the Dallas area school district decisively elected two candidates Saturday dedicating to pushing back against critical race theory indoctrinations in their classrooms. The controversial race for two seats on the Carroll Independent School District School Board located primarily in a Dallas suburb focused on the district's embrace of critical race theory after videos went viral of two students who sang the N-word with the rap lyrics in 2018. Wow, you guys, this is this is important. This is what it takes. These are parents getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. And I'm just so encouraged to hear what you guys are doing. I want to say thank you to Renee from Washington State also for continuing to support the podcast financially. And Tiffany from Loveland who wrote in and said, this is how I'm getting off the bench. Heidi, your Becoming Mom Strong book and the Bible study have been such a blessing in my life. I recently found your podcast and haven't been able to put it down. I want to share how I've been getting off the bench in 2020. 
the Lord opened my eyes and whispered to me something about this COVID business was not right. I started paying attention and listening to the Lord and following his direction took my second grader out of her public charter school after noticing the curriculum and the mask mandates. I'm homeschooling her now, and although it's a bit of a challenge being a stay-at-home working mama of three, we are doing it and trusting the Lord. We are so blessed to be able to send our two school-age kiddos to a private Christian school next year, and I will never send my kids back to the public school system again. Thank you for your encouragement to get off the bench. I'm praying for our nation and for your run for Congress. Go get them. Thank you so much, Tiffany. That's encouraging to me. We appreciate hearing how you guys are taking your kids out of the public school indoctrination system and uh, and just choosing a better way. This is important, all right? Beverly from Richmond, Virginia, and Mike from Wright, Wyoming. Thank you guys for your continued financial support of the podcast. It means more than you guys know. If you have not yet had a chance to leave a review for the podcast, we want to encourage you to do that. We are slowly but surely working our way up to 10,000 reviews over there and it encourages us every single time we read those. So thank you so much for them. Uh, I saw this over at Bible in One Year and it really encouraged me. I'm going to read to you a little bit from it. This is day 114. Albert Einstein said, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. Jesus himself said that ultimately there are only two ways to live. There are two paths two gates, two destinations, two groups of people. In the passages for today, we see starkly contrasting ways of life. And a lot of this was taken out of Psalm 50, verses 16 to 23, and I'm going to read it to you today. But to the wicked person, God says, what right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant to your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you join with him. You throw in your lot with adulterers. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You sit and testify against your brother and slander your own mother's son. When you did these things, I kept silent. You thought I was exactly like you. But now I arraign you and set my accusations before you. Consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me, and to the blameless I show my salvation. You guys, when it comes right down to it, there really are only two possible attitudes to God. We can either honor him with our lives or we hate him. God says those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me, and he contrasts those with the people who hate his instruction. Those who hate God ignore him and, quote, forget him. The 20th century saw the terrible consequences of the actions of those who forgot him and hated his instruction. The great Russian novelist Alexander Solzhenitsyn considered the great disasters that swallowed up some 60 million Russians. He saw the principal trait of the 20th century as that people have forgotten God. This does not just apply to other people. It applies to all of us. Do you find that sometimes, possibly, because everything seems to be going well in your life, you forget to pray and read the Bible or give thanks to God? It's almost as if we have forgotten about God. There are times in our lives when we forget God, and that messes things up. The contrast to forgetting God is a life honoring Him, one full of thankfulness and praise. It's the praising life that honors me. As soon as you set your foot on the way, I'll show you my salvation. Wow, you guys. Are we are we doing that with our lives? 
I hope that we are. Today, I want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about some things that are happening in the news. And again, it comes back to, and I keep talking to you guys about this, it comes back to a fight for truth. What is truth? Truth actually matters. And tomorrow, I'm going to have on the show a woman who's really at the front of the fight to help keep transgender boys from competing in women's and girls' sports. Because if as they're doing that, we are losing women's sports because men and women are not the same. And even Bruce Jenner gets it. And I saw this coming out on some uh, mainstream media pages the other day. And my first response was, can we just stop treating uh, Jenner as if he doesn't have a massive mental illness? Because this is what we're talking about. We've got to start telling the truth. You can be kind, but tell the truth. And Bruce Jenner, who was, you know, now goes by the word uh, name Caitlin, he even said it wasn't fair. He's, he said, you know, of course, he's running for governor, right, in the state of California right now. And apparently he has a position on biological boys playing girls sports. And I agree with him. I agree with him. So he said to a reporter in a parking lot, there's legislation in various states to ban biological boys who are trans from playing in girls sports. What's your opinion? And Jenner said, this is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports in school. It just isn't fair. Now, keep in mind, Jenner is a 1976 Olympic decathlon champion. I grew up seeing this guy on the cover of my Wheaties box. And he said, we have to protect girls' sports in our schools. I just think that's that's interesting to me. It's kind of shocking because my first thought was, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm young enough to remember 2015 when Jenner was named Glamour Magazine's Woman of the Year, right? Just months after coming out as transgender. That must have been pretty insulting to actual women. But clearly, Jenner's background as an Olympic champion must make him understand that there are undeniable biological differences between boys and girls that give boys an unfair advantage and in competitive sports. And actually, I would like to say that it gives these men you know, like Bruce Jenner, who's now decided that he is a woman, he also has an unfair advantage in competing for titles such as Woman of the Year. Why? Because everyone's racing to see how woke they can be. And you've got actual Women of the Year who have uh, have done amazing things, and they're watching this guy just come right in and take it away from them. It's amazing to me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Glamour Magazine named him Woman of the Year, the husband of a 9-11 hero, her name was Mariah Smith, he returned his late wife's posthumous award. So they gave her an award for being Woman of the Year because she had helped evacuate people out of Tower 2 and she saved dozens of lives. And when Glamour Magazine gave the Woman of the Year award to her, it meant something. But when they gave it to Jenner, now it means nothing. And he said, I was shocked and saddened to learn that Glamour has just named Bruce Jenner Woman of the Year. 
Was there no woman in America or the rest of the world more deserving than this man? He said. I can only guess this was a publicity stunt meant to resuscitate a dying medium. After discussing the slap in the face of the memory of our hero with my family, I've decided to return Mariah's award to Glamour magazine. You see, this is the kind of stuff that actually needs to happen. We just need to be telling the truth. And truth is what's in the crosshairs right now. And you guys have been hearing me say this over and over again. The left has done an absolutely phenomenal job of stealing the language. And language matters. It matters that we say, no, uh, boys can't be girls and girls can't be boys. You see, when they steal the language, they steal the culture and ultimately they weaken the nation. And really, that's what this is all about. That's what I was talking to you guys about yesterday. That's the goal of cultural Marxism. And the only way that we stand up against it is to say, no, we're actually not going to, we're not going to play that game. And we just say what it is. We just call it what it is. We must do that. You're seeing, uh, they, they're using the terms equity. I saw that Prince Harry, do not even get me started on that disgraceful human being. He's disgraced his family and disgraced the memory of his, of his late mother. Anyways, now he's pushing for vaccine equity. Are you guys watching this? This is what he said. This is Prince Harry. Hi, everybody. We are a defining moment in the global fight against COVID-19. I'll say they're getting ready to lock us all down again. Tonight is a celebration of each of you here, the vaccinated frontline workers in the audience and the millions of frontline heroes around the world. You spent the last year battling courageously and selfishly to protect us all. You served in sacrifice, put your, yourselves in harm's way and with bravery, knowing the cost. Is he also talking to people that worked at Walmart? Because I'm pretty sure they did the same thing. People that actually got to go to work, the people that didn't have their jobs stolen out from underneath them by the unconstitutional, illegal, illogical, unscientific mandates and lockdowns. No, of course he's not. Because this is propaganda. He goes on to say, we're coming together because this pandemic cannot end unless we act collectively with an unprecedented commitment to our shared humanity. The vaccine must be distributed to everyone everywhere. We cannot rest or truly recover until there is a fair distribution to every corner of the world. The mission in front of us is when we cannot afford to fail. And that's what tonight is all about. The virus does not respect borders or access to the vaccine cannot be determined by geography. It must be accepted as a basic right for all. And this is our starting point. So basically, and he goes on to basically say that if you don't get the vaccine, you're not participating in saving humanity. This is garbage. It's garbage. We're talking again about a virus of the 99.9% survival. And I'm just going to tell you guys, honestly, I know several people who have had COVID, including myself. It's no fun. Okay. The Rona is a real disease. And there are some people it hits harder than others, just like sometimes the pneumonia, pneumonia hits people harder than others. Sometimes the flu hits people harder than others. But the thing that's weird about this is there's a fear attached to it. And I have never seen anything like it in my life. I was talking to some people last week who had just, who'd been battling COVID. And you know what I hear? Depression, anxiety, fear. They immediately think, oh my goodness, I'm going to die. This is the mainstream media. This is what they've done. This is our out of control bureaucracy, including Biden, who is a danger, frankly, to our nation and to our well-being. Why? Because they hijack the language. They're not talking about there are cures like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. They're not talking about the cures. They're saying they don't even talk about that anymore. It's the vaccine, 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 vaccine. And frankly, we don't know what the results are going to be of an untested, unproven, brand new rush to market vaccine. 
And again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I could see why people are. This is a hundred different kinds of crazy. They're stealing the language. We're stealing language of male and female. And it's absurd on its face, a lot of these arguments. But what's happened is they're using the spirit of fear. This is the spirit of the age. And it cripples us. It makes it so that we can't use critical thinking anymore. We're not allowed to use critical thinking. And we've got to stand up against this and be willing to tell the truth. The culture will not long survive if we cannot tell the truth. I don't know if you guys are following PJ Media at all, but I enjoy watching them. Their their perspective, I mean, they really do, they're reaching into a lot of different parts of the culture using things from the um, Associated Press. But the headlines that I'm watching lately are stunning. And they have this thing in their section on culture, and, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But on April 30th, an article came out called Dispatches from the Lunatic Asylum, America is in Danger of Becoming. And boy, <laughs> that's the truth. That's absolutely the truth. HUD is saying it won't protect women in shelters now. Thousands of women are forced to seek safety in shelters operated by religious groups, local governments, and charitable organizations, including many who are fleeing abusive husbands, pimps, and sex traffickers. Now add to that list men who are, quote, allegedly transgender women who insist on staying in shelters intended only to aid real women. Credit, quote credit, goes to the Department of Housing and Urban Development Secretary Marsha Fudge, who has earned her name. Fudge withdrew a proposed rule forth, put forth by her predecessor, Dr. Ben Carson, that would have protected the right of shelters to define sex as they choose, thus protecting them against transgender legal assaults. Here's what Fudge said. This was her rationale for her decision. Quote, access to safe, stable housing and shelter is basically a necessity. Unfortunately, transgender and gender nonconforming people report more instances of housing instability and homelessness than cisgender people. Quit with this garbage uh, hijacking of the language. I'm just sick of it. Cisgender, what are your pronouns? Oh, I don't know. I'm picking them today. She went on to say, today we are taking a critical step in affirming HUD's commitment that no person be denied access to housing or critical services based off their gender identity. HUD is open for business for all. Well, guess what, Miss Fudge? You are always open for business for all. It's just that now that you're now you're saying that you're going to put some people in danger so that other people with mental illnesses can feel like they're not being left out, even though they weren't being left out. There was a shelter for them. It was the shelter assigned their sex at birth. It's crazy. Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Kate Anderson described the HUD decision in an, as an abandonment of women and girls, which is exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. Legislators in Illinois are considering whether to repeal the state's longstanding law requiring abortion providers to give at least 48 hours to a parent of a minor girl seeking to terminate her pregnancy. You guys, if they do this, this is going to be a massive boost to sex traffickers, by the way. This is crazy. This, You guys, elections have consequences. This is why we have to get involved. This is why we can't sit this out. I do not believe that most of the people that decided not to vote in this last election 
thought, oh, they'll open our borders and the housing and urban development is going to open up their shelters to transgender men now who want to stay with women. And we're going to start repealing abortion protections for minors. I think they were just thinking, oh, it doesn't really matter, but it does matter. It does matter. And as hard as it is to believe, and I hate to be the bearer of more bad news, but the California State Board of Education has approved a proposed new ethnic studies model curriculum that includes an assignment that has students chanting to the Aztec god of human sacrifices. It's true. The Aztecs were brutally murdering countless numbers of captured members of other tribes in Mexico when Spanish explorer Cortez famously arrived and burned his ships prior to leading his conquistadors in their conquest of the Aztec Empire. This is what this is what a Christopher Rufo, who's a contributing editor at City Journal, has observed about the curriculum. Quote, the curriculum recommends that teachers lead their students in a series of indigenous songs, chants, and affirmations, including Black Ek affirmation, which directly appeals to the Aztec gods. The students clap and then chant to one of the gods whom the Aztecs traditionally worshipped with human sacrifice and cannibalism, asking him for the power to be, quote, warriors for social justice. You guys pull your kids out of public school. Pull your kids out of public school. This is this is madness. And it goes to talking about the language. What's important to us? What matters to us? What are we going to protect? I say we protect truth at all costs. Stolen language is a stolen culture. A stolen culture results in a weak nation. And we are getting weaker and weaker by the day. So what is the antidote, you guys? The only antidote to a bold lie is bold truth. That means we need to use the platforms that we have. I love hearing the stories of all you guys getting off the bench and onto the battlefield because it just reminds me because sometimes it can feel kind of lonely in the studio. You know, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know if people are really listening, but I know that you guys are listening. Darla and Lee Summit said I'm getting off the bench by deciding to sit in on my school district board meetings. Good job, Darla. I want to in the future have a voice in the curriculum. I've also started going into the stores maskless. It's so important, you guys. It's so important. I want to let you know before I leave today, coming up this weekend is Mother's Day. And we've got a lot of things available as digital downloads and uh, wonderful gifts. And they're inexpensive gifts for mom. Tons of workshops in the store. There is the Speak Life necklace, off-the-bench shirts, wonderful shirts that you guys can just engage in the battle with that I know the moms in your lives will enjoy. So you can check that out. I will link back to it in the show notes today. In the meantime, I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you'll come out and see me and my sister Haley in Mobile, Alabama, where I will be speaking for the next three days. We can't wait to see you guys hang in there. Keep telling the truth. It is worth defending. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.